Well, hello, and welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast. I am John O'Leary, and I'm so happy to share with you stories that empower you to do, to be, to achieve, and to impact more through your life. Maybe more simply said, I'm fired up to share with you stories that help you live inspired. After today's episode, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at podcast at johnolearyinspires.com with your feedback, maybe your guest suggestions for future shows, stories on how this podcast has helped you live more inspired, or questions that you have for me. Again, send that email to me at podcast at johnolearyinspires.com. And now, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. John is the number one national best-selling author of the book On Fire. He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired Podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Live Inspired with John O'Leary. You know, you made it huge as a podcast host when your own children finally think that you're cool. That's right. The big news has finally come to John O'Leary. I am now cool in the eyes of my kids because I shared with them a couple weeks ago at dinner who I was bringing on as today's guest. All four of my little ones, they are 13, 11, 9, and 7, lit up. Not only did they light up, but so did their beautiful mom when I shared who we were bringing on today. Bethany Hamilton was thrust into the spotlight at age 13 when she was attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark. In that attack, she lost her arm and nearly lost her life. The traumatic injury seemingly ended her dream as being a professional surfer. And yet, my friends, one month after the attack, Bethany returned to surfing, and within two years, she had won her first national surfing title. Soul Surfer made Bethany a household name along with appearances on 2020 Good Morning America and the Oprah Winfrey Show, to name just a few. She won the ESPY Award for Best Comeback Athlete of the Year and also received the Courage Teen Choice Award. Well, Bethany is more than all of that. She today is a wife. She is a mother. She remains a professional server. She's a world-renowned inspiration, and she is the subject of the recently released documentary, Unstoppable. Today, she joins us at Live Inspire to talk about her life, her experiences, and what it means to you. So my friends, open wide your hearts, your minds, and your life. Get ready to catch the wave of a lifetime with our newest friend. Her name is Bethany Hamilton. Bethany, welcome to Live Inspired with John O'Leary. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. So when you and I connected, I thought for sure you'd be recording this either poolside or next to the ocean, maybe in Kauai or Fiji. And yet that's not where you're taking this call. Tell us, our listeners, where you're taking this one from. So I am surrounded by corn, <laughs> corn fields in the middle of Nebraska, where my husband, um, he grew up in Kansas, but all his family lives in Nebraska now. So we're spending some time out here with them and we try to come at least once a year. Well, we want to welcome you to the Midwest. I'm a Missouri boy myself, and yet we're not here to talk about Kansas, Nebraska, or Missouri. We're here to talk about you, what you went through, what you overcame, and ultimately what it means for the rest of us. 
You recently released the Unstoppable documentary. For those who haven't yet seen it, and I recommend them highly too, just briefly talk about what it is. So Unstoppable is a feature-length documentary on my life, starting from childhood all the way until motherhood, and the whole journey of me building my love for surfing, competitive surfing, and at the age of 13, losing my arm to a shark. From there, continuing surfing and overcoming life's craziness and challenges through my faith and passion to surf, going into even professionally competing as a surfer, getting married and having kids. And yeah, so there's a lot said in there. There is a lot said in there. And, uh, I would imagine many of our listeners either read your book or they watched your original movie. This one, I felt like, like it was you. Like quite literally, it was you all the way through. And I feel like at the end of it, I knew you like as a friend. And so I think if that was part yeah. of what you're trying to achieve, mission accomplished. Yeah, it definitely is the real me. As much as I did love Soul Surfer, yeah. I have such a deep appreciation for people getting to know the real me and like seeing the journey up close and personal. And we had a filmer friend come live with us for about five years. So that was full on. He was third wheel in it with my husband and I. And then eventually our son came along and he became like our son's uncle. So... If you can survive the amazing race and some dude filming you for five years early in your marriage, you can survive anything, Bethany Hamilton. My husband and I, definitely, amazing race was quite the challenge, <laughs> but we went into that knowing that it's taxing on relationships and that we weren't going to allow that to get the best of us. <laughs> well, for the most part, most of my listeners who are not living in the coastal areas aren't overly familiar with surfing or surfboards. You were. You grew up with it. Were mom and dad passionate about surfing? Yeah. So my dad grew up in New Jersey and my mom grew up in San Diego and they both acquired surfboards as teenagers. And I think their parents regretted it because they <laughs> took it to the extreme and eventually moved out to Hawaii in pursuit of their love for wave riding. And that's where they met each other and had my two older brothers and I. And so I grew up, instead of going to the playground, I was at the beach and Riding waves. <laughs> your mom and dad are instrumental, in, of course, in your book, in your recovery, in your movies. Give us a snapshot of, of who they are to you. Talk about your mom first. Now that I'm a mom, I have such a deep appreciation for her. And just, she was so adventurous. She encouraged me in my Christian faith. She read the Bible to me and prayed with me. And she pushed me too. Did she homeschool you? She wasn't the best homeschooler, but I managed to get through homeschool. <laughs> my dad, he was amazing. He was very supportive in my surfing journey and just worked really hard to support my family. And yeah, he's such a loving man that I think the two of them made a great team. And they're both also very adventurous and kind of live life on the go. We were always camping and surfing big waves and just living life on the edge, so to say. <laughs> Bethany, when did you realize that surfing was not only fun and therapeutic and spiritual and awesome, but that there might be a career in this for you? Oh, I had set my mind to be one of the best female surfers in the world by the age of eight years old, <laughs> and there was nothing that was going to stop me. <laughs> what is it about surfing that you love? There's just nothing like it. The thrill and adrenaline and the creativity and the being present. It's just so amazing. And the, and then it's also a very non-repetitive sport. So mm -hmm. you're always kind of like kept on your toes. 
You never know what's next. You're also never a master of the ocean. The ocean's always kind of mastering you. So you're trying to keep up with the ocean, but it's always keeping you humbled, so to say. (laughs) For you, life changes in a dramatic way. And I realize not only you and I share a story that uh, is life-changing and inflection point in our stories, but we all have a story like this. You know, whether it's a, a bankruptcy or a relationship that went sideways or a diagnosis. On October 31st, as a 13-year-old, your life changes. And without going into the details, just tell our listeners what happened. So I lost my arm to a shark when I was 13. Thankfully, I didn't lose my uh, life. Got through that day by the grace of God. And it's just been an amazing journey since then. And I look at that time and I'm like, gosh, I was so positive and resilient. And I think a lot of that came from being grounded in my faith as a young woman and just trusting that God had a plan for my life beyond the momentary pain that I was facing. And I really just looked forward with gratitude and thankfulness that I was still breathing and alive. Do you remember the first time you woke up in hospital with your right arm reached for your left? Yeah, I remember looking down and thinking, okay, yeah, my arm really is gone. And as a young lady whose career is in front of her, whose life is in front of her, What's going on in your thoughts during that time? How do you feel and and what are you thinking? It's definitely a bit blurry, but I think I just had a sense of like, oh no, my life is upside down and I don't know what's next. I don't know what life's going to look like. I'm going from being so confidently positioned towards my future, even at such a young age. I kind of was stuck in a moment of like, I'm not sure. I've read that, and then again, I saw it on the documentary that your bestie, Elena Blanchard, one of the very first things you said when you when you realized it happened to you and not to her was you were grateful, that you were glad it was you who went through this and not her. Just talk about that for a moment. I still feel the same way today. I just think that I was positioned in a place of like my whole, my faith and who I was as a person was able to deal with such a traumatic situation. And I know anytime I see that clip, because that clip is in my new documentary, Unstoppable, I like get like welled up inside and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like how could such a young girl (laughs) say something so amazing like that? It's kind of mind blowing. I just as a Christian, I loved my friend and just didn't want to see her face such a painful situation. There were three parts of your documentary, and it is all awesome. It's worth checking out. But three that really moved me. One was that, your little face saying those words. At the end of the movie, when you're reading to your son, I found that profound. And uh, and then there's a scene in between where there's an interviewer. I believe he's at your home, but it's just weeks or so after you've come home from hospital, and you're already a media darling. And he asked you the question, I think with good intent, so do you think you'll ever surf again? And I would imagine when you see your face that it has to stir you even to realize the resiliency and the faith and the the boldness that you had even as a 13-year-old. So share with our listeners how you responded. The interviewer asked me that, and I was like, do I think? I know I'm going <laughs> to surf again. <laughs> it's the cutest thing you've ever seen a 13-year-old girl so confidently say. <laughs> I was a confident little one, and I guess I still carry myself with a lot of confidence. And I was right, too. I knew I was going to surf again, and I sure did. <laughs> so four, four weeks later, you're back on the board. 
And I think the physical aspect is uh, remarkable that you're able to get out there. The emotional, being able to recognize there are still risks involved, certainly, both in competing, but also with, uh, with demons from the past. For me, though, the question I have is having the media watch you as you're doing this. It's not just private. There are neighbors and family members and uh, people are paying in particular close attention to you, Bethany Hamilton. Was that hard for you as a child? Is it hard for you as an adult? Oh, yeah, that's definitely still hard for me today. But like it literally as a child was worse than the arm loss. I just hated attention. I didn't like people looking at me or gawking on me or being excited about me. Like all of that was so hard for me to deal with. I think just being a small little island girl in a community where everyone knows everyone and then all of a sudden being like a worldwide name Mm. and have my story known everywhere, it was it was daunting and I did not thrive under that attention, that's for sure. Even as a young girl, I recognized that by sharing my story and my hope in God and my view of getting back into the ocean, I knew that it could encourage people in their own painful times. I think as a young girl, I was more like half-heartedly embraced mm-hmm. it. And then as I kind of got older and older, I very, very slowly matured and I'm still figuring it out. I'm the type of person that I energize by myself. I don't need to be celebrated to feel good about myself someday. It's definitely finding a balance. I'm always trying to find that balance. So you went through your event at 13. I went through mine at nine. And the moment in time when I knew I was back, like really back, after spending five months in hospital and then about a year really without walking, the following summer, we went out to Colorado My dad rented all of his bikes, six kids, mom and dad, even grandma and grandpa going on a bike ride, I think from Copper Mountain down to Keystone, mostly downhill, thankfully. But I remember getting to the bottom of the hill off of this bike, no fingers, but looking back at the journey that we just conquered together, realizing, baby, I'm back. I'm 10 years old and I'm back. I got this thing figured out for you as you're going through life now with one arm as a child. When did you realize, yeah, it's different, but I'm back. I'm back. Oh, I think I realized it after my first wave that I rode it all the way to the beach. I rode the wave all the way to the beach and had like tears of joy and just stoke. And then there was like literally no turning back. I was going to be a surfer regardless of how many <laughs> limbs I had. You know, all this immediate attention you're getting as a kid and as you're getting as you compete a little bit more. Was there an early letter, a call, a visit that inspired you maybe even more than the others? Was there like, oh, John, one time I got this letter and and she wrote this or he said that? There isn't really one in particular. There was just a lot. Nowadays, I I have a foundation and we do retreats for amputee women. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're especially special. And those are always something I look forward to every year. And by the end of the weekend, you're so exhausted, but it's like a satisfied exhaustion. Like you're just like, oh my gosh, that was just the most amazing few days with all these beautiful young women who have limb difference, but they're in their own story of overcoming. And it's just very rewarding. So on December 26, 2004, There is this mighty tsunami in the Indian Ocean. It devastates the coast of dozens of countries. It claims more than 250,000 lives. And Bethany, we we all remember what happened and the horrible images. I think we all were moved by the devastating stories and the loss. 
Many of us gave financially, some of us gave through prayers, but you went. (laughs) You hopped on a plane and you went over to Thailand. Can you talk about what it was about that experience that motivated you not only to send a letter or some encouragement or some dollars or some prayers, but to physically go and serve? Well, as a young girl, I always loved the idea of doing third world mission trips. And I had done um, a few. So when I got invited to go to Thailand um, with World Vision, I was like pumped to go Mm. help. And we went actually like a year and a half after the tsunami. Mm -hmm. A lot of the like fishing communities, people were struggling to get back in the ocean out of fear. So I had a really unique presence in that I was able to share my story with a translator. We brought surfboards to kind of make it fun and help them not think about their fear, but think about, whoa, look at this. I've never even like been surfing. And they had little waves there. So it was really cool. We got so many of so much of the community out in the water after not going in for over a year. And that's their livelihood. So they need to be in the ocean to like survive. Mm-hmm. It was really special just to be able to give back in my own way and um, just share the love of God and the hope that I had in Him for all these people that were still having major fears. Yes. Uh, a fear, though, that you also, in some regards, dealt with and have overcome. And now we're teaching others to do the same. On April 8th, 2011, a woman who doesn't really clamor for the limelight. You're not asking for interviews. You're not looking for attention. You don't need other people's adulations and their praise. Uh, Your movie, The Soul Surfer, is released and goes gangbusters, bringing even more attention your way. Just talk about what it's like to be an ordinary lady. You know, I mean, you're you're just, you, you, you walk your own walk. And now there's this movie about you and it's global. What, what is that like for you? It's interesting, <laughs> for sure. I think it felt like a bit more being kind of constantly celebrated by people is like a weird thing. It's almost like your birthday is every single day. And mm-hmm. then after a while, you're like, oh, I don't want it to be my birthday anymore. Right. <laughs> I think it was like a continual kind of just struggle to deal with that. But also like really exciting because I started working with Make-A-Wish and Most of the kids heard of my story via Soul Surfer, and they're the type of kids who were in the hospital day after day watching Soul Surfer, and that's like their only hint of hope. I bring up a sense of like overcoming emotion in them, and it's really, really beautiful and special, and I celebrate that for sure, and I know that that's needed in the world, so I just kind of roll with it. When you are having birthdays, not just once a year, like like most of us, but day after day after day, and uh, life is going splendidly well, it seems. How do you stay grounded and humble and faithful and just tethered to what, you know, to who you really are and what really matters? I would say I stay grounded via like my faith in God. And at the end of the day, it's God who does all the good and who overcomes all evil. And so that kind of shuts the ego down. (laughs) Right. And then I think, too, just getting in the ocean is, it lets me be me, simple and pure. And and then on top of that, too, like being mom and wife, my days are not busy thinking about myself as much as they are, like thinking about, okay, let's keep the family household going and raise these boys well. Well, let's pivot into these boys. You're raising three of them. One you call husband, the other you call kids. Uh, in 2014, I think you met Adam. 
Dr. Nell, I'm just going to be honest. You, you're a beautiful, beautiful lady. You probably had a whole lot of guys calling you up and coming by the house trying to take you on dates, and yet this is the one. What was it about? Oh, no. He, he was basically my first and only. Um, I was very reserved when it came to dating and guys. I think a lot of my local guy friends just were not really like my type at all. You needed a Midwest so, boy to, to be your type. So what, what is yes. it about Adam outside of the Kansas connection that you are and were so attracted to? Well, let's be honest. He's very physically attractive. <laughs> when I first met him, I was like, okay, he looks like a gladiator. So that's a bonus. As I got to know him, I think we just connected well and we had a similar energy and we shared in the same Christian faith. He had moved out to Hawaii to do a Young Life min- Youth Ministry that was very attractive to me too, just seeing him loving on young, like he's incredible with young yeah. kids. He's kind of your quintessential family guy more than I hoped for. I think God knew what I needed and I had prayed for that. And some friends of ours had who knew us both set us up and they were like trustworthy friends. So mm-hmm. yeah, we went, went, went for it and just built a solid friendship first and foremost. There was a lot of things that we really didn't fully know we were going to have to deal with before we got married. Just adjusting, you know, all of a sudden it became his birthday every day too. Yeah. So there was a lot of adjustments that we had to work on as a family and like he helped definitely ground me and just be that like person I can vent to, so to say, because sometimes the birthday celebrations aren't always very enjoyable. So let's talk about the birthday celebrations. (laughs) I'm not going to go deep into this, but you can't go almost anywhere without being recognized. Yeah. So in that, you have some people who put their heads down and then you hear whispers as they walk past like, that was Bethany. Yeah, it's like within earshot though, I can like hear it. So it's really awkward for me. Now it's like people, everyone has iPhones. So they like think that I can't see them taking (laughs) a photo of me. And it's like, hey, I'm right here. Why don't you just ask? What do you you wish though, as these ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls are cruising past you in airports and 7-Elevens, what do you wish they would do? Do do, do you wish they would ask or do you kind of wish they would just respect that you're out? picking up a gallon of milk. Well, I wish that they would at least wait till I finished purchasing the milk (laughs) and then ask or just admire and walk away. Yeah. Or if they really feel compelled to talk to me, just treat me like as if I'm their friend. Because a lot of times too, people will talk to me in speech form. So it's like they're giving me their life speech kind of like in a speech tone. And that can be like exhausting after a while. But at the end of the day, I bring out really great emotions in people. And I have such amazing like conversations that are so special and unique. And I wouldn't necessarily want the birthday to go away. I just, Mm. it's almost like I just want myself to better deal with it. But I also like have found the urgency to teach my boys to be respectful of other people and like carry themselves as chivalry men. Like, you know, open the door and wait until someone's done having a conversation before you interrupt. And no matter how excited you are, I've found that because of my interactions, I'm like, okay, I just really want my boys to be respectful young men that no matter what the scenario is, they will carry themselves respectfully. I think in the marketplace, whether we like it or not, whether it's your birthday every day or never, people are watching. 
And I think one of the lessons you get to teach your husband and your boys is let's give them an example that is worthy. You already know they're watching. Yeah. So uh, let, let's yeah. strive toward uh, providing them an example that maybe they ought to strive toward next. So let's talk about those boys. How did little Tobias change your life when he showed up? Tobias, uh, when he first entered the world, he definitely made it a better place and he changed me to be a better person too. It's been an amazing journey entering into motherhood and I just have so much respect for my own parents and how they treated me and raised me and just, you know, I never realized how amazing they were. And It's for sure the most challenging thing I've ever, the day, it's like nonstop. But if one kid's not grumpy, then the other kid is. Or if there's not one challenge, there's another. And But there's also so much beauty and fun and joy intermixed in all of the above that it's like, you know, that one saying, the best things in life don't come easy. Being a parent and like having kids is the best thing ever, but it's sharing easy. (laughs) What is the one characteristic that you notice most beautiful about Tobias? What is what is that little thing with him, this little four-year-old guy that you just are in love with? It seems like he's really aware of everyone around them and how they're feeling. He has a lot of sensitivity to him. So if I'm like upset or flustered or sad, he is quick to recognize it, come and be a shoulder to like lean on. It was not what I would expect from such a young age. And I know Wesley, a a little younger, but what are you learning about life from Wesley? Oh, he is feisty and he's (laughs) kind of disrupting the peace in our family. But he's so amusing and fun and he seems like he's such a go-getter and he uh, gets us all laughing. And like just seeing him and Tobias and their love for each other, it just keeps you just, just in awe, I guess. You uh, not only are a mother and a wife and a busy lady, you're still surfing and not only surfing, but surfing some crazy stuff. Tell our listeners about Jaws. So I've always had a passion for riding big waves. And so I've challenged myself in the last 10 years to surf extra, extra, extra large, (laughs) ginormous waves that like are the size of houses and have like crazy power and beauty to them. So I got to the pleasure of surfing a wave called Jaws, also known as Piahi in Maui. And yeah, it's incredible. I I don't think I can fully explain it. So that's in my film, Unstoppable, as well. The film carries a lot of me chasing and reaching my goals in the sport of surf. So a lot of my goals vary from riding huge waves to becoming one of the more progressive females on riding waves and pushing my limits. The images can't be described with words. So I I really do encourage people to check out the movie. And as they wait, though, you just described the the wave as as large as a house. And so if you're like my dad listening right now, you're thinking, man, 12 feet, that sounds huge. That's bigger than Florida. Okay, a two-story house. Like, I'm talking like 40, 50 feet here. (laughs) So I've read 65 feet at its highest point and reaching speeds of greater than 30 miles per hour. And, and you're going to ride this baby down. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds incredibly dangerous. <laughs> it is, actually. It is really dangerous. When you're kind of approaching that situation, you're not going at it lightheartedly. I had a lifetime of preparation, physical training, breath holding, mm-hmm. um, 
a lot of swimming and surfing and studying these large waves. And then on top of that, I surf with a life jacket on and a helmet. I had a jet ski crew of safety guys to help if needed. And yeah, it's definitely not done like lightheartedly. It's done with respect and um, preparation and thoughtfulness. The training that you showed in the documentary blew my mind. I, I, I knew it would require a lot. I had no idea how much. Surfing can come off as one of those nonchalant sports, yes. but most surfer, most of the top surfers nowadays are definitely putting a lot of off-water training and preparation, and I do my fair share of that. So, yeah, we've kind of edited together like a rocky montage scene of me <laughs> yeah. just like doing my thing and I love that aspect of the sport. I love feeling strong and healthy. And it definitely helps your mind um, carry more confidence too once you're out there in the water and surfing and even helps with carrying babies around. So (laughs) a lot of bonuses to it. Do do you like being a living example for others to look up to? Or is that uh, baggage that you wish you did not have to carry? I think that this is where God placed me to be, and I don't want to reject the life He's given me. So, yeah, and I think I I definitely have a heart for young girls, and I think they need good role models, and there's a lot of um, people out there that they could look up to, and I think, well, I guess I'm glad it's me and not, like, someone else a lot of times. I just think, imagine if I did really want all that attention and I did really like thrive under the spotlight. I think I would just be like a completely different person and maybe I wouldn't be the role model that I've kind of been putting that that sort of a shoe. Part of me is just that's who I am and I embrace and accept it, but I don't crave it, so to say, or want it, you know? I have this kind of balance of like, okay, well, yeah, if I spend some time with a young girl who's going through a tough time and she can find some hope in my situation, like that is really beautiful and special. And I'm thankful that I can help and be a part of other people's lives in their journeys of overcoming and yeah, finding hope through tough times. So Beth, Bethany, speak to that just for a moment. I I know our listeners are going through tough times, and if they're not, the lady or the gentleman next to them on the bus is going through a very dif- difficult time right now. So w- what encouragement would you offer them right now as, uh, as how to weather this storm and continue moving forward? Life's really painful, and there's a verse that I always refer to in the Bible, and it's John sixteen thirty three. I think. I have said these things to you that in me you will have peace. And this is Jesus Christ talking. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm. And for me, this is the epitome of like, whoa, life is not perfect. There's going to be trouble and pain and tough times. It's just finding your hope and peace to get through that situation. And for me, that's been my faith in God and knowing that God has overcome the world for me and for my pain. And if you don't share in that faith, then I urge you to find passions that keep you moving forward and looking for the good in situations. That was one thing after I lost my arm is my mom and I, we just immediately started looking for the good in the situation Mm -hmm. and finding things to be thankful for. As hard as that may be at times, there is always something to be thankful for. 
I, I post on social media that I had the honor of being with you today and going to do this interview with you and asked our community if they had any questions for you. We were inundated with questions and feedback and praise for your work and your uh, your values. So I just wanted to ask a couple of questions on behalf of our community members. One is Steve Carlson. He wanted to know what your favorite part of being on The Amazing Race was. I think it was just fun to tackle challenges with my husband and sharing <laughs> that together and growing together. It was like our second honeymoon, so to say. But let me think. I loved... Probably just doing good and not yeah. losing first round, <laughs> like, and being able to partake in all these random challenges. It was so hard in the moment, but herding sheep in the Shetland Islands was one of the hardest challenges. They didn't really show how hard it was. I think in the way they edited it, it was just fun to kind of like get through the challenge. And yeah, it just felt so good to like, tackle some challenges too with one arm because going into it like we don't know if I'm able to do the challenge mm -hmm. or not and the thing is like sometimes there are things I can't do and so Adam and I would approach each challenge with like okay should Adam do it or should I do it so when I finally was doing challenges I was like oh my gosh like this is so nerve-wracking but it was so fun at the same time. <laughs> Bobby Pugh wants to know from your perspective was it tougher to overcome the physical challenge of your injury or the emotional, spiritual, psychological challenge? Oh, they were both so hard. Just dealing with the day-to-day -day challenges of getting dressed and figuring out what to do with my hair and, and then learning how to surf with one arm and like just get around in the kitchen. It was hard right. for sure. And I, I don't consider myself the most patient person, so... I think patience would have been a good virtue to have during all that and still to this day. But definitely the emotional aspect was the harder side. Mm -hmm. I think too, like I had to deal with becoming famous too. And yeah. so that felt really hard for me as we kind of talked about. But yeah. thankfully, like I was very grounded in my faith and had a good support from my family and friends and I love that my friends, too, they treated me normal. They weren't babying me, so that was good. I could ask question after question after question from our community, but instead I'll leave it with Kevin Partridge, who shares with us that he has two teenage daughters. And he wants to know if Bethany has any positive advice on how to encourage a positive view of body image among young women. Well, I actually wrote a whole book on that, Body and Soul. So I would love for you to get that for your girls because I really put my heart into that because I think it's such a tough subject. And I dealt with it as a teenager, like not feeling confident in my body and just struggling with body image. And I think too, just eating healthy is so important and being active and like getting them off social media as much as possible so that they can just grow in their own identity of mm. who they are versus looking at everyone around them and trying to live up to some weird standard or something like that. Finding good, healthy boundaries and then... Most of all, like just letting them know that they're loved and beautiful just as they are. And I think that's how God sees them. So beautifully said. And Bethany, we have seven questions that tie this episode up. They're called the Live Inspired Seven. And yet before okay. we get there, my final question before there is uh, what's next for you? This woman who has overcome and, and surfed the mighty ways of life. 
What are you looking oh, forward to next? There's so many things I'm looking forward to. The forefront and immediate is just family life and growing with my boys and sharing that with my husband. And yeah, still surfing a lot and pushing myself. So that's really fun. I have a couple of competition coming out. And I've been working on this project called The Unstoppable Year. And mm-hmm. my hope is to encourage people to live their unstoppable lives and that's not a perfect life, but somewhat unstoppable in, in the way they approach challenges and difficulties and grow as, as humans and how they go about life. So that's pretty exciting just to see all the good that's coming from that. I'm really excited for everything ahead and yeah, I'm just thankful to be where I'm at. Well, it's, it's the story of your real life, ups and downs, and I can't encourage people enough to check it out. So as we wrap up, Bethany Hamilton, what is the best book that you've ever read? The Bible. It's hard to beat. Um, <laughs> but I love reading. I really like Rules for a Night. It was a really sweet book um, I recently read. It's an entertaining read for sure, but it's thoughtful too. What's one positive characteristic or one trait that you possessed as a child that you wish you exhibited as brilliantly today? Like I am still really positive, but I think as a child, I could view things even more positively mm-hmm. with less. I'm almost, I think I've become more of a realist versus seeing the positive in situations. Mm-hmm. I've grown to be more of a realist, which I like that too. I think that's important to have, but almost just a little more like, just see the good in it, you know, the positive right. and like. We'll hang out with your boys long enough and it, it will uh, return oh, yeah. because that's all they see. Bethany, if, if your home caught fire and your three boys are out, everybody's safe, and you have an opportunity to run in and grab one item, what's the one item you'd grab? I'm not, like, too attached to items, <laughs> I would say. So I think as long as the family is safe, I don't know. <laughs> right, hit the surf. Yeah, maybe grab the surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sit on a bench overlooking a gorgeous beach and have a long conversation with anyone— living or dead, who would you want to be seated next to? Well, if you want to know the truth, I the first person I thought of was my husband, so that's, oh, that's pretty awesome. cool. Tell um, him. That's, that is so flattering. <laughs> yeah, I just love quality time with him. I just love to be able to sit and chat with him and hmm. be next to each other. But I don't know, Jesus would be pretty insane <laughs> too. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? Lately, a theme in my life is just be willing to try because you never know what you're going to be able to accomplish. So, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Go, all right? Just try. Yeah. That's great advice for, I think, all of us. What would you tell your 20-year-old self? I would just say keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) And then my final question to you, Bethany, is it has been said that all great people, and I feel like I'm speaking to one right now, can have their lives summed up in one sentence. How would you like your one sentence to read? I think just that, like, I have always been willing to try and put myself in uncomfortable situations to accomplish the things that I have and just receiving the grace of God to keep going in a direction that may have never planned myself. I think we can all kind of live an unstoppable life. (laughs) You know what? You put a bow on it. I think you are living proof of what an unstoppable life looks like. Not, It's not easy. It's not without mistakes and challenges, but um, through grace and faith, courage, zest, 
love of life and family, we can uh, we can collectively move mountains and bounce back. Aw, thank you. Bethany, I, I want to thank you for your decision to not only live, but to but to thrive, and then to teach the rest of us how we can do likewise. You, you uh, are a role model I think we all can look up to, and I want to thank you for making some time today so we can talk about being unstoppable together. Well, thank you, John. My friends, that is Bethany Hamilton. I am John O'Leary. This is your day. Be unstoppable and live inspired. My friends, thank you so much for listening to today's Live Inspire podcast. I hope you share with your friends, your family, your colleagues, your letter carrier, your dog walker, that stranger seated next to you on the bus ride, that lady working out right next to you, the guy checking out in front of you. In other words, share with everyone that you're listening and that you are subscribing to the Live Inspired podcast. Together as a Live Inspired community, and yes, that includes you. You are part of this community. Together, we can change the world. I can't wait to share with you the next episode.